Hello and welcome back to the Silver Screen Roll Podcast Network. This is I Love Basketball. I'm your host, Sabrina Merchant, joined as always by Raj Japalu. Raj, how are things going? Doing well, doing well. I feel like uh, Murphy's Law kind of came into play. Uh, anything that can go wrong will go wrong. So uh, the Boston Celtics made the NBA Finals. Yeah, the Celtics Warriors Finals. Uh, what can go wrong will go wrong is is the way I'm treating it's this. It's not this Celtics finals. Clippers is what I keep telling myself. It's not Celtics Clippers. Is that a lot that would be worse? worse? That would be way worse. Okay. You see, the, the Warriors winning is is not fun, right? Objectively not fun because them getting to a fourth title with this particular core. Yeah. You get, get, you know, Steph being at the same number of titles as LeBron, you get Steph getting into these Kobe discussions, which is really, I think what Laker fans are wary of, but Mm -hmm. Clippers Celtics, like the Clippers are at zero, you know, zero to one is such a bigger jump than like three to four, you know, (laughs) zero to one is massive so i think i'm you know i obviously have made my feelings about rooting for a northern california team very clear on this podcast before i'm not looking forward to it but i can't root for the celtics i just can't so here we are we can just not root for anyone i think that's an option i i have a really hard time watching basketball without having some rooting interest like even if it's just fantasy you know okay is this i don't want to get in trouble here can I like like Jason Tatum's game, but like you know, like absolutely. As long as not. he keeps wearing a purple and gold twenty four <laughs> armband, I think you're perfectly within your rights to like Jason Tatum. Okay, game. yeah, because I think his game is really fun to watch. I enjoy watching him play. Obviously, when it's not against the Lakers or in any winning capacity, like I enjoy yeah. watching Jason Tatum play basketball. But yeah, it's, like, I it's enjoy gonna be watching rough Al Horford play basketball. He's been one of my favorite players in the league for a very long time, and for him to finally make the NBA Finals after having to go through. LeBron all those years let's not say go through LeBron he never got through LeBron but having to go up against LeBron all those years um losing to Giannis a couple times now he finally gets there after I mean a pretty murderous row for the Celtics actually if you think about it they had to go through Brooklyn Milwaukee and play off Jimmy Butler which is a real thing uh it's uh if you I I'm not gonna I don't want to say anything that's going to be in trouble but like Obviously, I'm not rooting for the Celtics to win a championship. Yeah, that caveat needs to be put out there. I can't do it. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's not a thing that I will be doing. So here we are. Um, yeah, and I guess I can try to transition this. I mean, Ime Udoka, a first-time head coach. Uh, we have we finally have our head coach. Not official yet for some reason. Maybe by the time this podcast comes out, it becomes official. It's been official everywhere else. We've even had Giannis have a quote about it um, to Woj. Uh, LeBron obviously gave his feelings, how happy he is about it. And, you know, Eric Pinkus came out with an article article today and kind of laid out some of the things that the Lakers can can do this offseason. So, in the last podcast, I asked you, uh, I'm not going to let, I'm not going to go into it again, but I asked you about a healthy Kendrick Nunn oh comparison God. I, to Jalen Bronson. No, 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 we're not. We're not. <laughs> but, but I thought about it after I was like, man, I feel so bad that I didn't even like mention Taylor Horn Tucker in that. Like I, that should have been the comp I went to. I should have went, went to the guy that was making double the money, actually, that uh, Kendrick Nunn is. So interesting. I was looking. So on our contract next year, LeBron, AD and THG are the only people that are actually signed to the team. I thought Reeves was. Reeves actually has a non-guaranteed salary. Oh, um, okay. That, that is actually not, I believe, guaranteed. doesn't have to be guaranteed till January. 
which is a little scary, but uh, I'm sure he'll be back. And he laid out a bunch of Westbrook moves. Uh, but before we even get to that, I want to ask you, because we've all been following the news. Is it more likely that, like, do you feel differently now than you did, I guess, in the season ended? I thought when the season ended, most people were like, okay, he's gone. But with the news coming out, are you moved at all? Does any of this move the needle for you, the news and stuff that's coming out that Russell Westbrook may be back on this team uh, next year? Let's back it up for a second. Um we haven't even mentioned Darvin Ham's name yet. I feel like we should. Oh, yes. I have been loath to discuss the Lakers head coaching search. Um, sure. As people who listen to this, as Raj knows, every time he's tried to get me to talk about it, I've expressed zero interest. In it. Uh, the Lakers apparently finally made their decision to hire Darvin Ham the day after yes. we reported last week. And yet they are less interested in talking about their head coaching search than I was because it's been five days and they haven't made it public, even though, PR is still working, right? We still have yeah. acknowledgement of all of the draft workouts that the Lakers have conducted this week. Draft workouts, mind you, that the Lakers are conducting without holding a pick in this year's upcoming draft. Um, we got um, an announcement of the Lakers preseason schedule, which mm-hmm. was uh, great. You know, a bunch of games in California and Vegas coming up in October. And yet the main item that you'd think would be on the PR calendar <laughs> to hold some grand introductory press conference for Darvin Ham, who Woj reports has been at draft workouts. Right. Yeah. Has not happened yet. Um, we even got like details about Ham's contract. It's apparently four years. Uh, he's going to be given autonomy reportedly to pick his own assistants, which I mean, I can't remember the last time a Lakers head coach had that power. Um, the last one didn't for sure. And then I think Mark Stein also reported that, uh, ham has been assured that Kurt Rambis will not be in presence at his coaching meetings. So yet another reason for ham to be happy about this particular job. And yet it's not like he's still in the playoffs or anything. Like if, if the bucks were in the finals, I could see waiting this out, you know, this guy's busy, let him hang on. You know, if they had just lost in the Eastern conference finals, I could see waiting this out. Why they haven't announced it when like, what are we waiting for? I, I don't get it. Um, maybe they're, they don't want to answer all the Russell Westbrook questions at Darwin Ham's introductory press conference. Like that's the only thing I could think of, uh, because remember when Frank Vogel's introductory press conference just turned into an Anthony yeah. Davis thing. And he's like, Anthony Davis is not on our basketball team right now. Like I can't talk right. about him, even though everybody and their mother knew that Anthony Davis was coming to the Lakers. So mm-hmm. I guess in a very roundabout way of getting to your Russell Westbrook question, are the Lakers trying to resolve the Russell Westbrook situation before <laughs> introducing Darvin Ham? Uh, that's that's all I could think of. Uh, because like you, I think I ended game 82 with regular season thinking that is the last time Russell Westbrook is going to be a member of the Lakers. Like it's not happening right. again. It's been great to see him at, you know, Los Angeles Sparks games, repping, you know, LA, whatever. Uh, <laughs> in fairness, they only introduced him as, you know, former UCLA guard Russell Westbrook at the Sparks game. They did not introduce <laughs> him as the Los Angeles Lakers point guard. I digress. Um, I am still of the belief that Westbrook is not going to be a Laker next year. Now I, to Me use too. your language, I have been a little moved. You know, I do think that the fact that the Lakers are apparently holding a line here, you know, that they don't want to include all of their assets to jump Russell Westbrook, I think is good practice. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've had this discussion before of like, why is it that the Lakers decide to hold a line at certain points and not at all at other points? 
that I don't get. Maybe you could have held the line when you had to surrender a first round pick to acquire the guy in the first place. That could have been useful in dumping yeah. his contract. But I still do not believe that it is tenable for the Lakers after all of the nonsense that happened a year ago to bring back the same three stars, you know, Russell, Anthony Davis, and LeBron James. Um, and you obviously have to keep Bron and AD. So Westbrook has to be on his way out. Like he just, he isn't good enough to justify his salary. He's clearly not a good enough fit next to those two guys. And I don't know, there was just like a, a bad vibe that existed around the team right. last year. And I would hope to clear that out. So my gut still tells me he's not going to be on the team next year. Uh, I do wonder if the Lakers are just going to have to pony up and give up a little bit more than they want to, to get rid of him. But like, it, maybe I'm just trying to convince myself at this point, Raj, but like it can't happen, right? Like it really can't happen. This is how I see it. You can't negotiate with yourself at the end of May or the beginning of June, right? So there's, there's nothing you gain by negotiating with yourself. At least that's the way I'm putting it to me. And uh, Pink has went through a few other, you know, ideas they have where they can wave and stretch him. I think that's out of the question. I don't think let's not do that. We literally just got done with the dang money. Right. Yeah. Although that would give you a few assets here and there, but like, I have a hard time believing like, you know, so he put it, he put it like the Lakers don't want to um, give too many, too much outgoing draft con- consideration, right? Too many high draft picks. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I have a hard time believing this front office values first round picks to that extent. We gave one up for Dennis Schroeder uh, in the Danny Green deal. And then we let Schroeder walk that mm-hmm. following summer. We gave I'm one sure, up like, in the we, we gave them up to get things, right? But then we let what we got go. So like there was the but that value. wasn't the intent when we acquired Dennis Schroeder. Right? I think the intent was to re-sign him to an extension. And then the man got COVID twice and put up zero points in a playoff game. <laughs> sure. But I mean, he walked for like not too much over the minimum. I mean, he didn't walk for a huge amount. He walked for like, I think, five million or, or, or something. I mean, we've already boss. expressed the sins of the 2021 offseason <laughs> that they decided that Westbrook was a superior option to Dennis Schroeder when I think every Laker fan, even acknowledging how awful it was to have Schroeder at the end of the year, would much rather have had him for 5.7 million than whatever it took to get Westbrook. <laughs> sure. And then uh, they gave one up, obviously, in the Westbrook, Westbrook deal. Now, they did get a few seconds back in that, I think, future seconds, but neither here and there. They did give one up in that deal. Um, I don't remember if they gave one up in the uh, needing to make cash space for Kawhi. I don't remember if they gave up a first round pick in that, but like this front office does throw in first round picks to where like, this can't be the line. The line can't start this summer. Like that, that's not where, where it can start. You have LeBron James going into his 20th season. We don't know how much better he'll be 20 years. And he has to be the best player next year. Like I, I think expectations on AD are there, but I mean, the expectation still is LeBron to be the best player. Mm-hmm. Can he be that good, you know, going forward? I don't know. You have to go for it next year. When you like say I, the best player, you mean like in the West on the, on the Lakers? Like, well, what are we talking definitely about? Definitely on, on our team. Like he has okay. to be the best player on our team next mm-hmm. year. I think you would uh, agree with that as well. Right. Like I, I would I like AD to be, AD can be better than him, but I don't think it's likely. <laughs> That's my point. I want AD just to get back to like being at the level of LeBron. He gets there and then we can, you know, I enjoyed when it was a conversation in the 2020 playoffs. Let's put it that way. After game two of the finals, it was a question of like who would win finals MVP. That was a real, you know, discussion going on, but obviously we've, we're very far away from that. (laughs) We're very far away from there. Um, And so that's where the team is right now. And, you know, there's ways people are like, Oh yeah, you bring Westbrook back, see what you can do and trade him at the deadline. That's too late 
that is too late. That is a lost season. If if you're not getting anything now, imagine with like you know you getting half a season of Westbrook. What are you what are you getting for that? Um, and I feel like that'd be punting the season away. That's why you know people laugh when I say healthy Kendrick Nunn, or you know when I go into THC improvement, or Austin Reeves has to bulk up, or you know whatever it is because we have it's either a Westbrook deal that gets like three playable guys back or growth from within. Can Stanley Johnson, you know, get to a playoff level, you know, type of defender and a mm-hmm. uh, cutter and all that stuff. So like, that's where it is to me. And I think there's no way, like I went to games last year, Serena, you went to game last year. There's, there's no way you can like bring, uh, bring that guy back. So I'm, I'm hoping these are just rumors and not, you know, not actual things that they're, they're discussing, but uh, yeah, I want to ask you because I think it's, it's interesting where the, the noise is getting louder for sure. Like the, more and more articles are having the it looks like he'll be back, which is, you know, kind of scary when there's still like a month left before they any decisions really have to be made. I mean, I think, like you said, they're not negotiating against themselves, right? Like you don't right. want to put it out there that, hey, the Lakers are willing to surrender two first round picks to dump Westbrook because then that's the starting point, right? That's you the can't start. Mm-hmm. Move from that in a negotiation. And even if it is just public posturing, which I, I mean, I still believe that it's public posturing. I still believe that they're going to move hell and high water to, you know, right. get Westbrook off of this team. Um, at the very least, they're doing their due diligence and saying all the right things about, hey, like, we don't want to just uh, throw what, whatever the saying is, like, throw good money after bad or whatever, and just, like, commit an even more disastrous trade to undo what was an already disastrous trade. Like, mm-hmm. I get that. You you want to make it clear to front offices that you're not in a position to just be like taken advantage of. Um, mm-hmm. There is a, a world where West, Russell Westbrook could return to the Lakers. Like that's, I think it's all just posturing. Like I said, it's all just about making sure that there is some amount of leverage that you're working with when you're dealing with opposing teams this off season. And that's fine. There's, but like you said, if you keep Westbrook, you're basically saying that you do not care about this upcoming season. You're unserious about this upcoming season. Right. Because like you said, you and I both went to a lot of games this year for the Lakers. I didn't go to anyone's that they won. <laughs> did you go to any games that they won? I did. So I went to the first, um, I went to the LeBron AD Westbrook. Like I think AD was coming back. Uh, LeBron was coming back. I don't remember who. Uh, so everyone was excited. It was the big three finally playing like a game and they went down like, 22 to 6 to the Knicks at home or something. Oh, that they Saturday came- night game. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They came back and won, but Westbrook did get benched at the end of that game. Right. Uh, right. But they did come back and win, okay. technically, yeah. But what I'm saying is we've watched enough basketball of the three of them together to know yeah. that, that is not a winning team. And coming off of a season where the Lakers couldn't even get into the play-in, like you can't risk spending a third or a half or two thirds of the season with Russell Westbrook and saying that you can make it up afterwards, because let's be clear, you're not making the playoffs after that. It's right. just not feasible. Think about all the teams that are currently in the playoff or that made the playoffs in the Western conference this year. I don't expect any of them to fall out next year. And that doesn't even include the Clippers who I project to get in next year. Uh, so I don't think that it's feasible to say like, yeah, we are in the business of getting number 18 and then also start with Russell Westbrook on your opening day roster. Like those two things do not jive with me. So if you have to give up a first round pick, if you have to give up two first round picks, as long as it's one of those like Charlotte, Indiana, New York right. Knicks style trades where you like get workable players back. Like, I mean, I can't believe I'm like this excited to potentially get like Alec Burks and Evan Fournier on the Lakers. Like that's a thing that I would just welcome, but 
I, I don't care about all of the, the reports or whatever that's saying that the Lakers are asking coaching candidates about how they work with Russ and, you know, yeah. preparing for the possibility, whatever. He cannot be on this team at the start of the year. It is, like you said, it is another last season. It's, it's LeBron's last year in LA. Like that's what's happening. If Russell Westbrook starts the season on the Lakers. Right. Yeah. And that's the, that's the part of this. That's like, like, I think in a vacuum, like, yes, I heard the Cam brothers talk about this as well. Like, you know, you don't want to make another bad trade. Uh, even if you trade Russ and you don't get helpful players back, you kind of lost the season anyway, but you have to try. Like it can't be just like, you can't just give up. Like we've tried year. this part already. <laughs> like exactly. this method has already been given a go and it didn't work. Right. And obviously none of this works if LeBron and AD are healthy. Like, of course, that's like number one. But still, you have to give the roster a chance. And I think there's things you can do. Like, it's unfair for Darvin Ham to come in if Westbrook is still on the team and then it's full of minimum guys. Like, that's unfair to him. And you don't want to start your brand new coach out that way as mm-hmm. well. So I, it's going to be I know it's not going to be easy to find a trade. But I mean, Russell Westbrook's an expiring deal. It's not like he has like two, three you know, years left it's on it. It's a $47 like, million dollar expiring <laughs> deal. It's not nothing. <laughs> right. Yeah, that, that does carry some value and weight around that. You're going to trade it for other you know, bad contracts, obviously. And Pink is in his article said the Lakers would be open to uh, getting contract with longer years. I hope so. Like, I mean, like I would, I would hope so. There's just not a lot of bad salary in the league right now. Like with contracts getting so much shorter, really the only bad contracts are these bloated veteran extensions. Yeah. Like Russell Westbrook and potentially (laughs) James Harden. I think Damian Lillard's contract is going to look terrible. Uh, But those teams are not in the mood to, trade right like i personally like if you're the new gm in portland i i wouldn't want damian lillard's contract on the books like i definitely wouldn't want that i'd love an expiring deal to get out of five years of damian lillard but i just don't see that happening yeah no no chance unless dame asks for it unless dame asks, yeah. yeah and i don't see that happening i think it's really like it has to be like a high risk kind of high reward like go for like gordon hayward or something like that you know yeah. like something like, that's where I would go with. Obviously, you don't know if Hayward will play enough games next year. You know, if AD will play next you know, games next yeah. year. So you got to kind of test the, the that's health. That's why program. I like the Buddy Heald option, because that man plays 82 more often than not. Uh, I just love a guy who you can count on to be in the lineup every day. That is a, a rarity when we talk about the Lakers. Would that be the Brogdon and Buddy Heald? Would you get both of those in that deal? I think you'd have to, right? Otherwise, why okay. would the Lakers even do the deal? Yeah, that's true. Could have had Buddy Hill last last year as well. That was a that was an option. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you can turn Russ into you know Malcolm Brownie has hurt, but I mean he's in. Would you give up two first round picks to make that deal? I mean, like for like I, I tweeted this the other day. Our last first round pick, Serena, was Mo Wagner in 2018. <laughs> who again, like this goes on your point. I know we didn't draft Mo Wagner to move him, but we we traded him away the next summer to create cast place for Kawhi, which I still mm-hmm. stand by that decision in a, sure. in totality, mm-hmm. but like you made you room for th- Danny green at the very least. Exactly. Made room for Danny green. Sure. But like, you just gave away a first round pick and you know how valued first round picks are around the league. Mm-hmm. And we just threw him in that deal just for the chance to, to make cast space. Like that's, that's the type of stuff where like, why I can't really believe the post that they're, you know, holding on to these, like, you know, their gold or something like that. Like, I, I just don't see that. This is a franchise that didn't even buy into the second round, you know, last year. Like, it's a team that I think believes they can find the talent in the undrafted. Maybe they kind didn't of buy in the second round because they wanted to use their money for, like, buyouts or, you know, there's, like, only so many things you can use your cash for, right? Okay. So, like, if they needed to make a trade with Taylor Horton Tucker and Kendrick Nunn, they would have to send cash in the trade, you know, to grease the wheels. 
But so I, I don't, I don't hate that they didn't buy a second round pick last year because you okay. know, they got Reeves. They found like McClung or whatever. There was like a good set of talent in South Bay and on their sure. um, summer league team. And I do anticipate that they're going to buy into the second round this year, but I lost track what I was saying on it. Stupid plea to defend the Lakers run out of this. <laughs> That's when you know you shouldn't do that. That's no, what I'm I know. I've just gone, gone awry. Um, it is a little disappointing that for all of the, the plaudits we give, like the Lakers scouting, that their last first round pick was Mo Wagner. I mean, He's been on what four teams uh, and is no longer in the league. And I think the only reason the Orlando Magic held on to him was because his brother was also on the team. <laughs> it's not exactly like that it was a great pick. Like that, that was like the last dash for like the Magic Johnson front office and the big, uh, yeah, you know, hubbub was that he chose Wagner over Omari Spellman. Like, why are we even complaining about Omari Spellman? <laughs> <laughs> what a what a weird time. Just a very very weird time. But, um. <sighs> I think the thing with the first round picks is not that the Lakers won't use them. Like not that they won't use them to draft. It's I think the cam brothers made this point as well. Like if you use them to trade Russell Westbrook, then you can't use them to make any Mm -hmm. other trades. Right. I don't think that you can say that once the Lakers trade Russell Westbrook, that the resulting team is a championship contender. Like, do you feel that way? I don't feel that way, but I feel like it gives you more, um, thought process of what your team can be built. Yeah. Like, you, so, like you can't do anything until that happens. So trading right? Ray Russell Westbrook is step one, right? And mm-hmm. so then once you've done that, you have to have more assets to further sure. upgrade the team, right? So it's not that the Lakers actually want to select players in the first round of 2027, 2029. It's that they want to be able to use those picks to do other things sure. to improve this roster around LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So that's the idea. It's that it's, it's your only capital. And you can't use all of it just to move Russell Westbrook. That's fair. But uh, like, I guess the other side to me is this the bed you're in. Like you, when you get LeBron James on your team, that's the bed you lie in is the, we do what we can to win every single year. Now I don't want to trade two first round picks, obviously. Like I'm no, I, I think the draft is a very important place to actually, I wish the Lakers felt this way. Like, I feel like if you can draft the actual, cause we have the scouting to do it and you're seeing in the NBA finals right now, two teams that absolutely killed the draft um, and are now paying the benefits for it because they have not only right now, but long-term flexibility. When you build through free agency, then you're kind of going back and forth on minimum deals. I guess that's another conversation, but I would not, I don't want to trade two first round picks for it, but I feel like that's kind of the bed you lie in here. I mean, I guess if you have like, if you have one extra first round pick, what does that do when LeBron leaves? Does that help you build around AD a little bit better? Right. I don't think that they're ending the season with both of those first round picks in their pocket. Like I just don't okay. think it's happening, but it's one thing to use them just to get rid of Russell Westbrook. It's another thing to use them to attach Taylor Horton Tucker to get like a, I don't know who's somebody innocuous. You could pick up like a, to get back into that Jeremy Grant sweepstakes or something. Like I, I think Jeremy Grant is obviously like well above the Lakers pay grade, but you know, just any sort of upgrade that you could get requires another draft asset. And if you put them all to get rid of Russell Westbrook and you're just hamstringing yourself for the rest of the season, which is what we saw this year, right? Like the Lakers had no way to actually um, improve their team this year because one, they had no matching salary, but two, like the only thing that they had to offer was a 2027 first round pick, which just wasn't that appealing to anybody. Also, THT should be better than a 27, 2027 <laughs> first round pick. Like that's the issue. I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I don't think you can move THT this summer. Like that would be moving him at his 
He's an expiring contract. That's what he is. <laughs> sure. But I mean, he needs to show something like he's at his lowest in terms of just how he's viewed around the league right now. I'm sure some people still uh, think he's a high talent. I, I still think there's something there. I think we both do. I don't think, you know, I feel like he was in a tough spot as well with the Russell Westbrook, uh, especially the basketball fit, two ball handlers, two guys who need the basketball who can't mm-hmm. shoot. Um, but yeah, I, I like, I like THC should have more value than a 27 first round pick. You should not need to attach a first round pick to trade Taylor Horn Tucker. That should be something a team actually wants. Um, I don't know if that's, you have to wait till the season, I guess, to get into that, but like I keep going, like it has to be in-house improvement. Like, that's, I think that's another reason why you have to move Russ is because you're never going to find an opportunity for Talon to do anything if Russ is still on the team, because exactly. you first have to stagger LeBron and Russ. And then where does Talon get those minutes from? They just, they don't come right. Like I understand that they, when they made the decision to keep him over Alex Caruso, it was like, Oh, we have to have one good young player on the team, but he had zero positional fit next <laughs> to those other two guys, just zero. Um, and I still believe in Talon. Like I will hold on to that postseason series against the Houston Rockets and those four preseason games in 2021 for dear life, because I really believe that there's something there. Just the Lakers did not like they made him a priority in one way and then gave him no opportunities to succeed as well, which is just a super weird dichotomy. Yeah. I wish these conversations had were happening, happening last summer. I think those, those that'd be a better time to kind of uh, make roster decisions around that. But yeah, it was tough. I mean, THC started the year off hurt as well. I think uh, came back, had like two 20 point games and that was pretty Clearly much it. Came like, back I, too soon. <laughs> yeah. I came back way too soon. Uh, but yeah, I hope that we can kind of, I mean, watching him play next to like DeAndre Jordan or, you know, Dwight Howard, like it, it was rough. Like, I hope we can find some spacing around that. I think he's okay next to LeBron. I, I think LeBron has enough shooting, but yeah, him and Russ were, were a tough watch, but disaster. Yeah, just, yeah. Like, again, like if you're moving Russ and you have to attach stuff, you can't also attach stuff to move Taylor. Like, this, we don't have enough, we don't have enough <laughs> stuff. Then you're just not moving Taylor. I think that's what yeah. you're landing on. Exactly. Yes. I don't want to move Taylor. He's on a he's a mid salary contract player that needs to at least get closer to that value for us mm-hmm. to do anything next year, or else we don't have anything. We're back to or else we don't do of, anything. Yeah, we don't do anything. Yeah, okay. we're back to a bunch of minimum signings again. So all right, just uh, one last thing before we get out of here, which is another conspiracy theory I had about why the okay. Lakers haven't announced Darvin Ham yet. Uh, sure, you saw the report on ESPN about Quinn Snyder's future in Utah is now back up in the air. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is it possible that the Lakers are waiting that out? <laughs> Zero chance. The, Zero, okay. Even <laughs> if even if they felt that way, Serena, the amount of backlash. Oh my god, so d- much backlash. Just no, forget forget just all the people who tweeted. LeBron James already tweeted. Like <laughs> you there's zero chance now i would have welcomed quinn to the staff like i would remember love when darvin and quinn were on the same staff back for yes. the lakers in 2012 13 or was it 11 12 that was with mike brown mike brown right? yeah so all those coaches sabrina and none of them could get dwight howard to screen and roll none of them <laughs> we had the most amazing coach maybe it was set. 11 12 actually and it was just andrew bynum i thought that was i thought i saw mike brown in the picture no yeah, yeah mike brown in... was the coach in 2011 okay yes yes okay yeah yeah Let's uh, look this up real quick. When these guys were actually on the Lakers staff, it's something I probably should have done ahead of time, but like, it's not just Darvin ham and uh, Quinn Snyder. Like there was also uh, yeah, it's 11 Steve Clifford. It's also Steve Clifford, solid mm-hmm. head coach who I would probably welcome back on the Lakers staff. If he wanted to join in as an assistant, uh, Edward Messina, one of like the greatest international coaches of all time. 
I um, wanted them to hire over actually Luke Walton at the time. Yeah, I, oh my I God, Luke Walton really back in the league. Congratulations, Luke. Uh, that guy is Teflon. Teflon. Why yeah. do they want him back? I, I mean, I think Luke Walton may have had like the greatest player success of his NBA career while he was in Cleveland. Um, long forgotten <laughs> NBA trade when the Lakers dumped Luke Walton to Cleveland uh, as part of the Ramon Sessions deal, I believe. I do remember that. Um, mm-hmm. And it's when Luke Walton sort of revitalized his career and became the inspiration for what Zach Lowe now calls the Luke Walton All-Stars, like these <laughs> veteran guys who just sort of show up and do shit. Um, but yeah, I cannot believe that he's actually a coach again in the NBA. I knew that he was going to have to become an assistant to get back to a head coaching job, but like he was fired, what, six months ago? And we've already yeah. decided that like, it's time for Luke Walton to come back. Like he hasn't just continuing to fail upward is a remarkable thing. Um, although to go from like Los Angeles to Sacramento to Cleveland is like from a lifestyle perspective is, is rough. That's rough. <laughs> Well, I guess like my last thing on Darvin Ham, I want to ask, I want to ask you if you agree with this. I think even if this doesn't work, this was the right decision. Like, I think like if, when you if say Darvin, it doesn't work, like you mean we never announce him or like it doesn't work out with him as head coach. Like, I think the process is right. Right. Like, mm-hmm. even though we like we won a title with Frank Vogel, we should have Ty Lue should have been the head coach. Like that and was Frank the Vogel right. Frank should have been his lead assistant. Yeah. Yes, that like Tyloo was the correct coach. It worked out in the end. The process was absolutely awful. Did it work situation. out though? Because now he's the head coach of the Los Angeles Clippers. <laughs> I mean, we want a title. We want a title. Obviously, we want. We want to say, yeah, we want a title threat. But yes, Darvin Ham. Like, even if it doesn't work out, we got the best possible candidate. He is backed by. I don't think I've seen a coach get you know this much you know congratulations around the league like from players to other coaches to I saw Al Horford you know speak about the time that he worked with Darvinham one time uh, in Atlanta yeah in Atlanta so I think even if this doesn't work out this is good process I think they hired the right guy which and Eric Pink is again I'm I'm quoting his article because I think Eric knows a lot of stuff he's like the Lakers needed a win the Lakers needed to win this offseason and that was a win they got a singular win there's a lot of wins left you can't go one in 16 in this you know <laughs> off season but they got one win and that's where we can start so do you agree with that even if this doesn't work out darvin ham's the right decision. i'm very happy with darvin ham and i think uh we're in this nice moment in the nba where a lot of former players are getting a chance yeah and which ends up being a lot of men of color which you know we'd gone through a period in the mid 2010s where the coaching ranks were skewing heavily white and i don't think sure. that's an accurate reflection of like the, just the institutional knowledge of the NBA. So it's nice to see all of these players getting a shot. I mean, I think we're at a point now where once Darvin Ham gets introduced, more than half of the <laughs> NBA teams will have a head coach of color, um, 15 of them African-American. And right. Eric Spolster, who's Filipino-American. Um, so that's that's pretty cool. I mean, I think it's nice to have that just demographic in the NBA. And also like a guy like Darvin Ham who has been around the league so long and he's been on some very successful staffs. Like he mm-hmm. won a championship a year ago with the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> and when Giannis is singing your praises, like that's, it's a damn good endorsement. Right. So right. I am mm-hmm. happy that they, you know, took the time to like interview candidates, like first time candidates, former coaches, just like we even reached out to Juwan Howard again because Rob Lincoln just can't quit him. Um, but yeah, it's it's nice that they like sort of canvassed a, a wide variety of different kinds of coaches and they ended up on a guy who I think has the most upside. Um, and hopefully, you know, in a week, we're talking about his introductory press conference instead of why they still haven't done it. Right, and he's put the time in, like 20 years, you know, as uh, being in the NBA, around the NBA, like he's put his time. It's uh, He's one of the guys that everyone said deserves a shot. 
and he got one. So I'm really happy about that. And we've seen first year coaches be successful immediately, right? Emi Odoka is in the finals right now. He's going up against yeah. Steve Kerr, who, uh, I don't know, won the NBA finals in his first year back in 2014, 15. Uh, Ty Lu won an NBA championship in his first year as yeah. head coach. Nick Nurse won an NBA championship in his first year as a head coach. Like it does, experience does not mean everything. Uh, the fact that he's been around the league, the fact that he's done his dues as an assistant, like I think that is more than enough. Um, this is also a not so veiled remark that Becky Hammond should have been given a shot as an NBA head coach because she's absolutely crushing it as a WNBA head coach. Yeah. But again, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm and I happy think you know, that the Lakers have him. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I think it'd be like, I, I see the email Udoka comps a lot. And I think it's unfair to kind of compare. We don't know what the Lakers roster is next year. So I know I see yeah. a lot of people saying, yeah, just, you know, very similar role player that's become a head coach. I would love uh, for the Lakers to have one wing other than LeBron James <laughs> on the caliber of anybody on Boston's roster. <laughs> I mean, Boston season, I mean, I was just looking up. They're 21 and 21 in January, mm-hmm. you know. So I that, think they that, lost to the Knicks on that R.J. Barrett buzzer beater and were below okay. 500 in January, actually. Okay, yeah, and then just went on an insane run, which tells me, you know, don't give up hope in, in January. So were you saying just... that even if Russell Westbrook is on his team in January, that there's a <laughs> oh. chance that the Lakers can have a successful season? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm going to give Darnham time okay. with the roster we create uh, we create next summer um to to give it a chance to give him a chance to settle in um and settle into being a coach so but i'm happy you know this is good news we started off with russell westbrook but i mean darvaham is the story and it should be um the lakers have a coach uh and this was the right hire and the process was good we, we will make it the story once the lakers actually formally make him hire. <laughs> i promise <laughs> I don't know what we're waiting for. Let's yeah. let's do it, Lakers. Announce All it. Right. This has been I Love Basketball. Make sure you're subscribed to the Silver Screen Roll podcast for shows about the Lakers every day of the week. And we'll be back next week. Yeah. 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 Yeah.